Transfer portal news were in abundance once again for the Louisville football team on Tuesday. We'll talk about all that and more on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Locked on Louisville podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. We want to take this time and say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked on Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your team every day. I feel like I don't even have to tell you what day it is because you see the screen, but if you are listening audibly, um, it is a Woman Wednesday, so to speak. We're joined once again in the virtual set by Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Woman. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. I'm sitting here chilling. I had, as as most Louisville fans did, I had a very hectic weekend. Uh, everything's cool, calm, and collected right now. Regrouping and uh, getting ready for this wonderful ball game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There is a. Uh, we suspect some news uh, will come out today uh, after the board of uh, trustees meeting. I think it's four o'clock Eastern, but. Um, We'll, we'll discuss anything uh, of substance tom- on tomorrow's show. Today's show um, will be about uh, the transfer portal and some expectations for next year. Uh, wide receiver Justin Marshall is the latest Cardinal to enter the transfer portal for the Louisville football program. Uh, that makes the second wide receiver in the past uh, two weeks to join the portal. We'll talk about the um, the coming and going in the wide receiving room and what it means you know, overall as we look at toward that position we'll kind of change tunes look at 2022 a little bit of a a closer look there was a twitter post by i think it was like fox sports college football or something that um you know basically said um how many wins should each should team x have uh which sparked kind of a debate for what louisville football needs to achieve next year we'll talk about where louisville needs to be in terms of expectations for next season and then finally it's the first mailbag that you and i jeremy have um you know conducted together there's three questions that were asked today that i want to um you know answer and we'll we'll get both of our takes on that before we get into the content of today's show um like i mentioned for those who are not aware of who i am uh, both of us are with cardinal sports zone um, the co-founder and editor, Jeremy. I am a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. You can follow both of our personal Twitters in the handles in the graphic below, as Jeremy was pointing to. And you can follow the podcast Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into it. Uh, Jordan Watkins was the first Cardinal to um, enter the transfer portal after the season concluded, which kind of uh, you know, stirred up the fan base, so to speak. It looks like he's going to be uh, deciding to go elsewhere. Just yesterday, another wide receiver joined the portal, and that is veteran receiver Justin Marshall. That makes two in the portal now, which offset um, a half, I guess you could say, with the addition of Miami transfer D. Wiggins. Jeremy, when it, when it, when we focus on Watkins and Marshall, is that something that um, you know worries you, so to speak? I, I know that this there's a lot of guys in this wide receiving room. Um, talk about you know what is Louisville losing with both of these guys. Well, I'll just be honest with you. Everybody's downplaying the – I mean, well, not everybody. A lot of people are downplaying the Watkins loss. I think that's a huge loss. He's a hometown kid, electric, fast. I, I'm 
not sure. I mean, unless we pull a rabbit out of the hat that we're going to be able to replace Jordan Watkins. He's just, he's a special kid. And him and Malik had a connection that, uh, that just unlike any other, I mean, can the new guy from Miami, can he be better than Justin Marshall? Maybe. I mean, Justin Marshall wasn't shabby himself. Four-star kid coming out of high school. Uh, just didn't really get a lot. He was a victim of circumstance. He didn't get a lot of looks at the first few years because you had Dez and Tutu, and he was just kind of a, oh, well, those two guys aren't open type dude. Um, I feel like he probably should not have transferred unless they know something we don't know. I think he would have been a big-time player next year with, with Jordan being gone. But um, I think Watkins is a huge loss. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Jeremy, um, you know, because I saw some people talking about it and I, I kind of came around to the point and um, I, I want to pose the scenario of maybe it's not something going on behind the scenes so much as it is, you know, maybe he wants to go into an offense to where it kind of benefits, um, you know, bigger receivers that can kind of serve uh, as targets around the goal line. I feel like in Louisville's offense, you know, a lot of the primary receivers are kind of smaller, quicker, faster guys that are able to, um, you know, manipulate the uh, shorter intermediate routes. And it seems like Justin Marshall's skill set, maybe not necessarily, um, you know, meshed you know, cohesively with the stylistic um, play style of Malik Cunningham. Do you think that it could really just be a matter of, hey, I want to go somewhere, you know, this is a money year for me. I'm not getting any younger. I need to go get, um, you know, the targets that could get me to the NFL it, I mean, that, that's kind of where my concern is for D. Wiggins as well because they're pretty similar players to the point where I'm like, yeah, in theory it looks good, but does he fit Does he fit all that well in the Louisville offense is the main question. Well, here's the thing. I think you have the nail on the head. Like, Marshall is that red zone target. Like, he, that's where he would eat. And unfortunately for him, once we get to the red zone, it's run, 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 get stopped at the one. So um, we just really don't. For him, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. I really, really, really like him. I really wish he could stay, but he does not fit in our goal line offense, and that's where we need him to show. Not he don't fit. We don't run an offense uh, conducive. It's Malik Cunningham. Avoiding his talent. I mean, it's Malik Cunningham. Everybody knew. You know, when, run, when run, he run, got run, to the run, red run, zone. Stop. Field goal. Yeah. Stop. Or run. a touchdown. I mean, but we knew the ball was in his hands. There was a lot of RPO action down near the goal line and to be fair i mean malik cunningham had what 18 rushing t- 19 rushing touchdowns on the regular season so, i, I think mean, it was like 142 but yeah close yeah, something around that line but um when you look at this wide receiving core and you mentioned uh losing you know jordan watkins and um trying to replace him and i don't necessarily consider watkins to be a uh, a bona fide surefire number one guy on the in the wide receiving core, and we saw what happened with Louisville was a lot of guys getting a lot of targets, um, kind of spread out. And um, you know, I, I have to pose the question: Is the program's number one option? Is there a number one receiver on this team? Uh, well, I'm going to disagree. I think Watkins was our money guy. I think he was the number one receiver. But now with him leaving, that opens up. All kind of avenues and doors for uh, Amari Huggins-Bruce. Uh, he will be the number one guy now. And I just – I losing two – you know, losing one guy the with the talent of Watkins is bad enough. But when you lose 
your big guy, the guy that, you know, you need to throw down. the. And, again, Marshawn Ford kind of has taken a taken on the role that's unca- – I mean, he's been a downfield strike for us. And normally the tight end is just like 10 feet. Like, but Marshawn's really been playing the role of, like, Maybe Devontae Parker and other offenses. Not not as dynamic, obviously. But the downfield shots normally go to him. And when they should have been going to somebody like, uh, I almost called him Josh, like Justin Marshall. So, I don't know, man. There's just a lot of stuff. And, you know, you, you said, well, there don't have to be anything going on. Trust me. And I won't make it public. But there is a huge underlying issue. And I'll tell you after the show what it is. But these players have to buy into the coaching staff. And without saying too much, that's not happening for the most part. Gotcha. And I look forward to that um, off-the-air conversation. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I can I can agree with you in a sense. I think Watkins has that potential to be the number one guy. Um, but, you know, like like I've mentioned on the show in the past couple of days, I'm not sure that Louisville's offensive you know schematics and style of play really – you know, allow a, a number one guy to kind of come about because it is a very run dominant offense. Anytime you have a, a, a dual threat like Malik Cunningham, so many carries are going to be dominated by RPOs. I mean, where you're not even really getting a lot of uh, opportunity for some, um, you know, some wide receivers to really jump off the page. But um, I still have high expectations for the receiving core next season. And um, it seems like from what the a Louisville fan base is thinking is that expectations should be set at a certain mark. We'll talk about that mark here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Prize Picks. If you're a college sports fanatic, you need to hear about Prize Picks. It's a daily fantasy made easy, offering all of the college five, uh, I'm sorry, college football props than anyone in the world and offering all of the star players of the power five, as well as the mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. It offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code locked on will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry prize picks allows mixed sports entries. So you can take the over on Stephen Curry and combine that with the under on Najah Harris in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the app store and Google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's safe. It offers fast withdrawals. So don't don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. As always, um, it is a Wallman Wednesday. We're here with Cardinal Sports on co-founder Jeremy Wallman, talking a little bit about the expectations for next season. I know it's very early. I mean, we haven't even played the bowl game yet, um, and we'll um, this dynamic duo will kind of break down the bowl game when that comes time. We're still a couple weeks away. Um, but there was a post, I, I like I said, I forget which national um, Twitter account tweeted out just asking, you know, um, team blank sh- should have this many wins in 2022. And the Louisville fan base ran with it. And I feel like the recurring theme was that, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, take it for what you will, um, are not necessarily fond of or, or maybe, you know, in a show me sense to where a lot of people have Louisville as, OK, they need to win eight games. In 2022, for um, 
I guess you could say the momentum of the program to be in the right direction. Is that kind of the gist of where you're at? I mean, do you feel like that there's a uh, a needle that the cards need to pass to um, you know ensure that this program is in the right direction? I'll just be honest with you. I think this year could end up being fool's gold regardless because you win eight games, you win ten games. He's going to – my gut feeling says that Scott could be Lee, a regardless – and then we're back at step one. So even if we win eight games, we, we meet the fans' expectations because of the way that some of the fan base has acted. He's not going to, like, I don't talk to, like, I have more of a uh, a friendship with his wife than I do him. And she's all, trying to be all rainbows and sunshines and stuff like that, sunshine and rainbows, stuff like that. But you can tell this is taking a toll on them. And oh, yeah. I, I don't blame them one bit if if North Carolina or Wake or NC State or Duke, well Duke should already come calling, but any of those teams reach out to him, he's going, mm-hmm. and we're back to it. Don't matter. It doesn't matter to me how many games we win next year, because at the end of the day, he won't be here after next year. I don't see any scenario because either he he has finishes with a losing record and we boot him, or he finishes with a winning record. And since we've already tried to beat boot him for a five hundred record, he he's going to. I, I just I don't know. I just have this bad feeling, and y'all can mark it down, mark the date down. It is Wednesday, December the eighth. He's he's going to leave, and because we're not patient enough to go through. Like he had a one horrible. He was the ACC Coach of the Year his first year. Then he had a horrible COVID year. And I know what you're gonna say. Well, everybody had a COVID season. Well, yeah, but it affected people differently. I know. Like I have four or five family members. They each got a different level of it. Some of them are fine. Some of them had it really bad and are able to work out like they used to. Some of them had it very mild and aren't. So we don't know how this affected truly our team or any other team but when 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 it all boils down to it the best case scenario for this season was six and six it was said on our other show uh well this is your show it was said on our our show the cardinal sports zone podcast everybody was like six and six or seven and five uh, uh, seven and five or eight and four at best six and six at the worst well guess what we finished six we and got six. there Mm-hmm. You got to win six. You got to lose six. I, I just don't see any situation where he wins ten games next year and is like year, falling year. Please, please keep me another year. I mean, he does have more years on this contract, but he's not. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and I think um, you know what we need to realize is I, I'm not saying that um, you know some of the criticism isn't warranted. Because I feel like some is, and you know, really I mean, you're, you're in the position that you're in now. I mean, you have to be able to take that criticism, but there's a fine line between being criticized and just being urged to get out of town. And, um, you know, that you know, I, I think you know, the Satterfields probably have thick skin, they, they've shown to be able to kind of. Um, you know, take the punches, so to speak. But, you know, you won't see this effect until next year. You know, if he was already wanting to maybe go closer to home and that's why he looked into the South Carolina job um, after last season, 
well, what are you going to think is going to happen now if he does get an interview with with a Carolina school and, you know, you know, laid on the table, you have, okay, I can go to a Carolina school, just won nine games at Louisville in 2022, or I can go back to a fan base that has shown that they don't want me there. I mean, it's a no-brainer. You know what he's going to do. He's going to leave, and you're right. But the question, I, the question I want to ask now is not necessarily the fact if he does good. What is what's the where's the line get drawn? You know, you, you mentioned either he does good or and leaves, or he does bad and gets fired. Where does that line get drawn? Is there a middle ground to where it's kind of on the fence like it is kind of right now in, in the where it is in 2022? Like if he wins 60, or six to seven games next year, I mean, is that still a fireable you know record to have in you know year four? No. No, it's not. Uh, the, the problem is this. Two things I want – one thing I really want to touch on because I don't – I've been wondering about this, but here, sir, this is a Wendy's, huh? Sir, this is a Wendy's. I'll take a baconator with cheese and bacon only, and a diet Dr Pepper. Uh, no, um, I just don't know, man. Next year is just like I said; it's going to be fools go. Because if we go out there and handle business, we could very well be ten and two. If they expand the playoff, we could be in the play. It's crazy to think, but if they expand the playoff, we could go ten and two. We would make the playoff at that point. And it'd be like, so, well, he lost in the Elite Eight, so he's got to go. Uh, the I schedule will- is bad enough to support a possible 10 and 2 if everything goes right. Like, yeah, it, the schedule is worse th- next year than it is this year. The ACC gets worse. Absolutely. And then your non conference, you've got James Madison, you've got South, South Florida, Florida, dumpster fire, you've got Central Florida that just lost the quarterback that kept them in the game against you. And you got another non-conference. I can't remember who they are. But here's the thing. You don't want to. He's got to – no, they they stuck so many L's down down our throats that we just don't remember. Just uh, – <laughs> uh, sorry. But the thing about it is is that he's going to have to show me in this offseason uh, that he's going to get some help. He needs an offensive coordinator. Uh, if what I've been hearing is true, Brian Brown is going to be retained but mostly because the person that they're going to bring in to replace my friend, our friend, Court Dennison, is Randy Shannon. And Randy Shannon. How long's he Brian, been? How long's he been rumored to come to Louisville? Seems no, like he's been rumored to come to Louisville forever. Really, this is Jeremy dropping a hot, breaking nugget. Like he is the guy. Him and, and Brian Brown have been talking for about the last month. He's going to be the guy next year, and he's going to be mentoring Brian Brown, and maybe he'll be the one that says, hey, don't get 14 yards on every pass defense. I don't know. But here's the thing. I mean, I fully expect if, if he is, is does not take court's position, then uh, I'll have Higgy run around the block with his shirt off. I promise. Nobody <laughs> can see that. Uh, they don't. No. So uh, that's how confident I am, I am of that that he will be the person that, that takes that position, and he'll be there to mentor Brian Brown, maybe Coach Set. And, and like I said, I, I've never had a problem with him. I've always felt like he was a bit overwhelmed, a bit uh, under-prepared. I, and I don't know how to say that without trying to sound like I'm being negative because I'm really not. If I wasn't a good fit for a job, I would want people to tell me that as well. But the fact of the matter is, is I feel like he 
he's a great person. Everybody I've talked to has said he's a great person. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good coach, but I think that what what we as a fan base are failing to realize is that good young coaches will only get better. If we have faith in them, we keep them around. He does that. He's got to do the whole thing that Chris Mack did last year. Hey, Chris, this ain't working. All right, well, I'm going to fire my coaches, bring in new ones, uh, elevate some people, bring in a new staff. And that seemed to work. I know the basketball team still looks a little messy, but guess what? Come tournament time, I told you all this before too, they are going to be a – Matt Cross showed you the other day why they are going to be a problem once they all start to gel. But I think that, you know, we give him a chance. I'm willing to – like I've said on our show, I'm willing to give him one more year. Now, of course, I was on the bring Brom home thing because any ch- time you get a chance – to, to, to get somebody like that in, you just say to heck with everything else and you just go full bore. You you, you go, go for it. You go footballs to the wall, if I, if, if you will. And uh, But with that being said, I, I feel like Scott could do it, but I do have to see him make an effort. Uh, not that he's not been putting forth the effort, but I need to see, hey, I'm bringing in Bill Belichick as offensive coordinator so he can teach me. I mean, not that level, but. No, I get what you're saying. You have to somebody, make the. Uh, somebody that can, alongside with him, can elevate his game and help him out. Because I have seen a lot of, I do like, so I, I don't like the whole rush three times past one every possession thing. That's not really my thing. But the one thing you can't argue against is that we can we have been moving the ball down the field. Sometimes it will with Malik. We just can't cash in a lot of the times in the red zone. And that can be fixed as well with with experience, with repeti- repetition. That can all be fixed. So I'm, I'm, I'm really – this is the way it is, and I'm not going to argue with people online or anywhere else anymore. I'm giving him one – and I told you all this six weeks ago. I'm going to give him one more season regardless. Uh, Sam – been ready to let him go since week one and a half, uh, since about five minutes into the th- fourth quarter of the, uh, the Mississippi game. I, I'm I'm giving him one more year because I saw what happened when we fired Coach Cooper, which was my coach. It was after a one in ten season. Now, obviously, one of the worst seasons we've ever had in Louisville history. But what happened the next couple of years? Oh well, John L took Ron Cooper's players and started to build us into a national. Not, I won't say powerhouse, but a team right there in the middle that was on the verge to make it. And that was with Coach Cooper's players. We all had Coach Cooper's mentality. We were being coached by John L., but that's just, you know, that's just a difference. So we're, we're, even the other day after they won the, uh, the SEC championship, I texted Coach Cooper and said, congratulations. He's a senior analyst uh, for, for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I uh, texted him and congratulated him. Uh, and that's not a flex. That's just a fact of life. Um, and he said thanks, and he, he hopes everything at Louisville ends up being okay. So th- th- at the end of the day, as long as we can win football games, and at the end of the day it's okay, maybe one day we'll get that knight in shiny armor that everybody else wants. But for right now, I want to give this guy like we're just, another year. We're just too impatient. especially. And I think it's because Charlie got here. He turned the the – the cluster fudge with a K around like that, that three years that, that Craig's was here, that should have, that should have sent us back to the eighties. And it didn't because Strong came in with about 
37 NFL players and turned, you know, got us right back to where we were before that happened. And it's all been gravy since then. So even though I've got friends that are passionate about his removal and I understand it, I want to give the guy another year. I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the boat now or, yeah, I don't think there is a choice now. I mean, I, right. You, right. Yeah. He's, he's back for year four. So either you, you give him a chance or you don't, you know, it is what it is, but I want to get into the, uh, the final segment of the show, the mailbag. Um, we're going to have two. Sorry about very that. Good, no, you're okay. We're going to have two very good questions. Actually, the, the one question that I had picked was, um, you know, theoretically is, um, uh, will Scott leave when he's, if he is successful this season, we've answered that question. So, um, you know, shout out to that for the mailbag. But, um, before we get into the two questions, I want to, mm-hmm proposed i want to talk about our friends at bet online bet online has has had you covered all season long with more props odds and lines than ever before as the football season continues the march to the playoffs it remains your number one spot for all the sports action head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code locked on from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and it is where the game starts. Also, I want to talk to you about our friends at Built Bar. It is the holiday season, so grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness rich with decadent flavor and covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat while being high in protein. So you get the best of the both worlds. And there's so many different flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have the raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? The choice is yours. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down the mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Bill Bar can give you that extra something you need to keep going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. So go to Bill.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bill.com. So the two questions I want to pose for the mailbag, the first one comes from our buddy Jacob Anderson. Who's a very um, he, he's very involved with uh, CSZ on Twitter. So shout out to him for all the love. Uh, his question: very, very it, what, What's that? Very passionate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, the, the question that he proposed was: I thought it was an interesting one. I, I'm interested to get your take. He asks: How, as fans, can we hope to remain positive about the direction of the football program and athletics more generally? after the fans' wishes were ignored on the coaching position and the turmoil in the administration. Now, I want to before we answer that, I, I want to say that this, um, you know, this quote-unquote fans' wishes were ignored. Um, you know, everything's speculation at this point. I feel like there's a lot of he said, she said going on. So I kind of want to you know, shy away from that portion of the question and just focus on how can fans remain positive about the direction of the football programs and athletics in general you know, as we head into a lot of uncertainty. Well, first off, A, it happened. Uh, the people that know that know. Uh, but B, we've got so many other great sports here at the University of Louisville. And their success should like keep the positivity going. I know there's a certain section of the fan base that are like, yeah, man, volleyball don't count, women's basketball don't count, and field hockey, and 
and soccer and uh, you know that that's fine but there are there are there is a large contingent of the fan base that loves all the sports and rep go to all the games and rep and, and can tell you stuff about things that happened 15 20 years ago with with smaller sports i mean just early, i was talking to a lady earlier uh, named becca on twitter and she said, "Well, I'm scared about the Florida Gators this week in volleyball." Um, I was like, "Becca yeah. Cook, yeah, 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 probably said, the well, biggest volleyball supporter on, in yeah. the Louisville Twitter sphere." I like to call her "Well, actually," because a lot of the time she "Well, actually" is everybody on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> shout out to her though, but yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, well, guess what? The last time we started off twenty and zero, guess who ended our season in, in the NCAA the Florida tournament? Gators, the Florida Gators." So, but not everybody knows that because, well, you weren't born then, Dalton. But uh, oh yeah, of course, not not at all. wasn't born until ninety eight, so that's a little bit after 05. I hate you, uh, but no. So for those that for those people that only like care about football and basketball, hopefully the men's basketball team goes on a run uh, be- before. But even that's like you want to enjoy the games, but the looming, you know, Alex, you know the the the. Looming the dark cloud is is just like too much for some people. But the th- fact of the matter is, for those of us that enjoy all the athletic programs, it's not going to be hard to like get get our get right and here in a couple months be like, you know what? Maybe things won't be so bad. And, and there's a possibility it could be way bad, and we could all be sitting here in that that small portion of the fan base next year is like, yeah, but guess what? We're two and four. You like that? Is that what you wanted? <laughs> And, and uh, no, not at all. That's not I mean, what yeah. we wanted. Uh, but the fact of the matter is there's so many more things going on in life than sports. Uh, I love Louisville athletics more than anything in the world. But, you know, for me right now, like, um, i taking care of my mom and dad. Uh, Dad's got cancer again. We're about to go into adoption. Uh, just so I, at the end of the day, Getting uh, you know Air Force rushing for 330 yards on us in the bowl game, it's going to upset me if we don't win. But at the end of the bigger day, if I'm spending time with my mom and dad, it don't really matter. Yeah, I mean, there's bigger things to life than sports. And don't get me wrong, I think the Louisville fan base, especially those who are um, you know kind of only centered around men's basketball and football, if those are the only two you really you know support, yeah, these past five six years have been hell on earth. Yeah, in, in a yeah. lot of ways, um, and that—that's why you have to branch out to supporting those other teams because there's a lot of athletics programs in this department that are very solid. I mean, field, field hockey, volleyball is thirty and O. I mean, it is historic what they're doing right now uh, for in this program. So I mean, you have to—I mean—have to find some joy outside of those the two money makers, so to speak. But uh. Um, speaking of men's basketball, there, there's a question that was proposed. It was sent to me uh, via DM by my buddy uh, Cole Stump. He asked that what I feel like a lot of people are being kind of too hesitant to ask. When is it time to bench Jalen Withers and start a guy like possibly Matt Cross or maybe Sam Williamson? I, I, he basically mentioned Matt Cross first. And uh, 
this is an interesting conversation because let me let me bring to you his stats right now. Uh, last year he was averaging ten and seven while shooting the ball from four basically 40% from deep this year that has regressed down to seven points per game, uh, 5.6 rebounds, 26% from behind the arc. Um, we saw Mike Pegues kind of, um, you know, call him out a little bit after the Detroit mercy game. Uh, didn't necessarily only, I think he only played 17 minutes against, um, NC state. So, um, you know, is, is it time to start questioning whether or not Jalen Withers should be coming off the bench? Absolutely not. And, uh, I knew you knew I was going to say that, but no, Jalen Withers is a physical specimen. And at some point he's going to get it. And we're, we're seven games into the season, eight games into the season. Mm-hmm. He's going to turn it on. Sam and uh, Matt have both proven that they're a lot better coming off the bench than they are starting. So I don't see that changing anytime soon, nor do I think it should. Because one of two things are going to happen. Either Jalen's going to start to heat up starting, and they're going to be able to come in and keep that up, and we're going to start blowing a lot of teams out. Or Jalen's going to, uh, you know, get hot and cold here and there, and and we're a little bit more inconsistent. But I don't see any situation where you, where you start anybody over him and and give up because there are players wayne blackshare was another player that we tried to force him to start every game and once we started realizing he played better off the bench he played better off the bench you know he he contributed more for us so uh i get it there's a lot of people in our society these days that are just like like something has to work immediately or they're done with it i.e the football coach i.e jalen withers uh etc etc the list can go on but no, unless Jalen starts hurting us being in there, then I would say he has at times. I, I will pose the question. I feel like sometimes uh, his effort on the on the glass, you know, Mike Biggie said it. He's a look. He said, "Look, he's got to be better. We know he can be better." You know, when he was in that game against Detroit Mercy, and some in the in parts of the first couple games, this team got out-rebounded by smaller competition because of the lack of attention to detail on the glass. So I wouldn't necessarily say that he is unplayable because that, that would be downright false, and I'm with you. I think he should he should still be starting uh, unless this continues. But it is a little concerning to me because, you know, from where he was last year to where he was this year, there's been a, a significant regression. But like you said, only eight games into the season. So... But uh, definitely something um, to look out for. So, um, but that's going to basically. He's do you have any 50, final thoughts? He's got, yeah, he's got fifty rebounds in, in eight games, uh, or fifty. Re- let me let me just break it down to the minutes. He's got fifty. He's got fifty rebounds. Five point two. Uh, re- I'm and, sorry, uh, five point six per game. Yeah. So I mean, he's still. It's not like he's slacking at all. Uh, so. That's that's where I stand at. I, I say just leave him in there until he starts because we we've, we've been in all the games, we won all the games except for two, and I don't think he was the sole reason that we we lost either no, one of those. Not at all. Which I mean, yeah, I, I, obviously you can expect more out of Withers. Um, you you know you can have higher expectations, but you can also realize that it's Absolutely. not even it's it's December eighth. So, I mean, there's a lot right. of basketball to be played. So, if we're having this conversation on January 8th. That's a different knows? story. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, but but there's a lot of time until we get into the conference schedule. Let's kind of tone it down on, oh, this guy shouldn't play or this guy should play, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But always great to have Jeremy on. Jeremy, um, you know, before we get out here, any lasting thoughts? We see your social media in the um, you know Twitter handle on the graphic below. But any lasting thoughts for the fan base or anyone listening? Uh, yeah, well, first off, Jalen Withers is going to be the MVP of the Kentucky game. Uh, lock, that's a locked on lock for Jeremy. Uh, also, coming up this weekend for the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, we got two episodes dropping. I'm not sure what days they're dropping, but uh, on the first one, it will be episode 100 with myself and the other two founders of Cardinal Sports Zone, Justin Rank from Card Chronicle and Steve Rummage. From 93.9 The Ville, um, we're, we're going to have a good time. I've already, we've already recorded parts of it, and it, it's pretty funny. I uh, can't wait for y'all to listen to that. And then we'll have our regular, uh, our regular weekly show again. We'll probably record it on Saturday, uh, but don't know when that's going to, because I don't want to release them too close to each other, or one or the other may get overlooked. But that's coming up here pretty soon, and just. Try not to take things so seriously because at the end of the day, if if Vince leaves or stays or Sat leaves or stays, like you still have your family, you still have your life, you still have your kids. That should be more important than sports anyway. So that's all I got to say. 100%, 100%. I agree with all of those points. Um, but that's going to uh, wrap up this woman. Was that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that wrap up. That wrap. This will wrap up. This woman Wednesday of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Oh, don't you even start. Never going. <laughs> uh, the next time you make me bad, I'm just going to walk up to your face and go. <laughs> I'm sorry. But everyone have, have, everyone have a great day, um, regardless of what happens with this board of trustees meeting. Just know that we're all part of the same team. Go Cards, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.